0: and welcome to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 FM, Macalester College Radio in St. Paul, Minnesota. We are excited to have in studio here on this Thanksgiving weekend, Dorian Grilly, the executive director from the Bicycle Alliance of Minnesota. Dorian, welcome. Nice to be here, Jason. Yeah, great to have you. I'm excited to get into a bunch of stuff, and as usual, we start off with a little velodrome news. Uh, Big news in the velodrome scene here uh, around the world was the finale of the Ghent six-day race uh, over in Belgium last weekend. Uh, Elio Kaisa is the hometown boy from Ghent. He and his partner uh elia viviani won uh the ghent and what may or may not have been a fixed event (laughs) they always claim that it's official and it's you know it's legit but uh the hometown boy wins an awful lot over there so anyway it's great fun to see the ghent six and uh elio and elia did a great job over there Uh, and then of course on monday the minnesota cycling center is having their gala at surly uh from 6 to 9 p.m uh if you want to get a chance to hear more about what's happening with the cycling center and bid on some really cool prizes. Uh, some great stuff is going to be up for auction, including uh, pieces of the track. We've got some upcycled pieces of Velodrome wood that are going to be available in our silent auction, uh, and you can learn more about that on the MN Cycling Center's uh, Facebook page. So, uh, Dorian, uh, it's great to have you here. I want to learn a little bit more about what the Bicycle Alliance is all about. Uh, maybe you can kind of give us a start by telling us what the mission is. And the
1: vision for the organization is. Well, the Bicycle Alliance is a statewide nonprofit organization. Mm -hmm. I always emphasize the statewide part of it because we work really hard to make sure that people don't just identify us with the urban core. Right. Because bicycling really is truly important to uh, communities all over the state. Mm -hmm. We can talk about that a little bit more. Um, We were started in 2008. Um, But our roots go back to a group called the Minnesota Coalition of Bicyclists in the early 1980s. Um, and what we basically do is we partner with schools and communities and others that are interested in making bicycling easy, safe, and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, we just celebrated our 10th birthday party uh, last Saturday night at our new office on 37th or 38th in Minnehaha. That's great. Um, with uh, free beer from the Indeed Brewery. Nice. And uh, a great local band named Hot Pink Hangover. <laughs> they sound like somebody I should have on the show. You should have them. They're very good. They're very that's good. That's great. First saw them at Palmer's on the West Bank. Wow. Yeah.
0: That's old school. Yeah. <laughs> that's old school. Very cool. But they're very young. That's great. You guys spend a lot of your efforts around education. Tell yes. us a little bit about what those education programs are.
1: Well, when we first started Bikemn, um we decided that what the things we had a steering committee that decided what we thought was missing in Minnesota. Hmm. And the two things that big things that were missing in Minnesota was there was really no organized bike education going on since the early 1990s. Mm -hmm. Um, The state had a program, but it was never bigger than one person who created a curriculum and sent it around to schools and police departments and they voluntarily implemented it. Um, And the other the other big thing that was happening was nobody was going to the legislature and saying bicycling is transportation. Too. Right, um, lots of people going to the legislature and saying we need a trail in our town. Sure, or, we need, but they were lobbying the environment committee, not right. the transportation committee. So, so we started. Um, uh, an education program using the League of American Bicyclists, a 130-year-old organization, yeah. using their smart cycling curriculum. And we trained, we've trained. we trained a network of about 200 volunteers hmm. uh, around the state, um, and they do mostly adult education or help in the schools. Mm-hmm. Um, my favorite part of that is one of my favorite things that they do is teach adult learn to ride classes. And that's most pop- those classes are most popular with new immigrant women. I bet they are. And yeah. it's starting to be really, really important all over the state. That's great. But our, but our real bread and butter is a curriculum that we wrote in partnership with MnDOT and Blue Cross Blue Shield hmm. Center for Prevention yep. called Walk Bike Fun. Mm-hmm. And it's an elementary school safety curriculum. Hmm. And we've trained about 750 teachers around the state no to kidding. implement that in wow. every corner of the
0: state. That's great. Is that typically delivered as an after-school program, or is it as part of a FIEd program, or what's the? How does that get delivered?
1: It's actually all of the above. Okay. Sometimes they use it in the after-school daycare, sure, uh, or the summer Mm -hmm. uh, school district-sponsored daycare. Mm -hmm. Um, But mostly, you're right. It's FIEd teachers. Uh, There's a couple. um, Why should you do this? That are taught in health classes. Interesting. uh, As part of a health curriculum. Yeah. So. We're trying to educate the kids that, you know, and obviously not all of them are going to grow up and be cyclists. Sure. But... Um, educate that they can get around their community mm-hmm. before they have a driver's license. Yeah, if they know how to do this uh, safely. Yeah, boy, that was the biggest
0: mode of freedom for me mm-hmm. when I got on that bike and just left yeah. left the house and right. I was all over the place buying baseball cards, going to school. Yeah, <laughs> I can I can remember those days very
1: fondly. Well, and it and it makes sense to go back to it Absolutely. because of the public health concerns.
0: Yeah, and what what kinds of things do the kids learn in the uh, walk bike fun program?
1: Well, there are uh, I, there's thirteen lessons, ten mm-hmm. core lessons, um, and they are uh, obviously safety oriented. Mm-hmm. They they learn the rules of the road. Mm-hmm. Uh, they learn what road hazards are, sure. um, and 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 they learn you know their their uh, the reasons to. Bicycle, you know, Mm -hmm. the health reasons to bicycle. Um, But then uh, the last three lessons are actually uh, a couple days of parking lot drills, Mm -hmm. skill drills, skills drills. And then the last day, they obviously have their parents sign a waiver (laughs) and they go for a ride around town. That's great. And um, the kids evaluate the the class Mm -hmm. and we get comments. uh, Some of the teachers send us the comments. I felt like I was flying, you know. Best That's day of school great. ever. That's you great. Know? So, uh, how uh, old are the kids when they go through? Um, fire? the the target is 4th, 5th or 6th okay. grade. So it is young people. Mm-hmm. And uh what I'm sort of excited about is we've been doing it for 5 years now. Wow. So the first class will be able to vote in the 2020 election. That's fantastic. <laughs> More bike voters. That's great. So I'm I'm excited
0: about that. Yeah. How uh how many of the kids have their own bikes? Uh, who we'll go through the program typically.
1: Actually, instead of having kids bring the bikes and having the teacher have to train the teachers mm-hmm. on how to fix them and repair them, um, we have 160 bicycles Wow! that we, in, in fleets, sometimes we divide them in d- based on the class size. Mm-hmm. But sure. Um, and uh, we'll deliver them to your school for free no for the kidding. week that you're doing the on-bike lessons. That's great. And the wonderful thing about that is MnDOT, Pays us to do it. Wow! Yeah, we have. uh, MnDOT has a state level and federal level safe routes to school program, Mm -hmm. and it's not just all grants to build infrastructure. Sure. Um, the The idea is that you can't just build it and hope that people come. Right. You've got to do education, Mm -hmm. uh, encouragements, programs with incentives. That's great. uh, Get the police involved. Yeah. How uh, How many of the kids actually have ridden a bike before? They've taken the class. Most of them have they. Most of them, and actually Minneapolis is now uh, piloting in first, second, or third grade. I hmm. think nobody leaves first, second, or third grade without knowing how to ride a bicycle. No kidding. Unless they really, really, wow. you know, want to opt out. But, That's great, uh, Minneapolis. So by the time they get to fourth, fifth, or sixth grade, and Minneapolis, mm-hmm. I think teaches most of their fifth graders, yeah, um, and or fourth graders, and and uh and and Minneapolis has a couple um bike clubs yeah that are just super cool
0: they really are fun you know and yeah. talking with Mark Trumper in particular mm-hmm. he's actually going to be on the show in a couple of weeks oh good uh next weekend in fact yeah. um but you know his pedal power program at, at Pillsbury
1: Elementary is just
0: phenomenal yeah
1: if you follow their facebook page you know and and they don't quit no. in the winter time they ride all winter time winter and you know, one of my favorite Facebook pictures ever was all those kids lined up with their 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 green vests yep. or their reflective vests yep. on, throwing snowballs off the Stone Arch Bridge <laughs> into the river.
0: <laughs>
1: That's fantastic. So yeah, it's just like you said, it's teaching the kids that yeah. you can you can explore the city with yeah. uh, uh, freedom. You know, mm-hmm. you have the freedom to explore the city yep. uh, before you have a driver's yeah. license, and it and hopefully. When you get a driver's license, you'll you'll know that, geez, it's easy, easier to get across South Minneapolis that's by right. riding on the Greenway yeah. than it is to uh, yep. uh, drive a car.
0: Well, yeah, and, and that's becoming more and more true as, you know, people start to really eliminate or neighborhoods start to eliminate parking. Mm-hmm. You know, I mentioned uh, the Hennepin Avenue reconstruction <clears> a little bit earlier, and yeah. there's no parking anymore right. in Uptown, essentially. So, right. you know, it's it's easier to ride your bike
1: up there. Right. Yeah. And yeah. Especially with a road like the Greenway. Yeah, that's absolutely right. <laughs> a private bicycle and pedestrian yeah. road. Yeah. You
0: know. And you you guys do a lot with adults, you mentioned earlier. Mm-hmm. What, What's that curriculum like? Is it similar to the Walk Bike Fun, or is that a little bit more skills oriented?
1: Well, um, uh, a lot of it, it is, there are skills drills to mm-hmm. make sure and... One of the focuses is uh, get back on your bike mm. for people who have not ridden their bike in, in sure. 15 years. Right. Uh, they've re- just retired, and they want to be physically active. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's also uh, people who come to the city and are a little bit afraid, mm-hmm. or they don't know how to ride in a bike lane, yeah. uh, and, and they don't know those rules. So Interesting. So it, it's it's... Yeah, obviously we don't have as many adults take those classes, sure. but um, uh, and and the other obviously popular one is commuting. You mm-hmm. know, in, introduction to commuting. How do you uh, uh, how do you ride through the city and That's what do great. you do? You know, how do you do you take a shower before you go mm-hmm. or after that kind yeah. of stuff?
0: And how do you get the word out to to those communities, the people who might uh, be interested in those adult classes? Is it just through your own work or do you partner with other organizations?
1: Actually, we do partner with a lot of others. Mm -hmm. Um, The businesses are perhaps the most uh, common. And the transportation management organizations Mm -hmm. run by the Metropolitan Council uh, offer those kind of classes because their goal is to get, you know, more cars off the street. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to encourage people to bike and walk. And That's great. Business, businesses are discovering that um, uh, being a bike-friendly business uh, makes you more attractive to the, the best and the brightest and the young people. Yeah. And... Uh, and... And when you're a 3M or when you're a Target Corporation mm-hmm. with your headquarters here, right. you're trying to attract the best and the brightest, mm-hmm. and and most of them, their impression of Minnesota is it's an icebox. That's right. You know. <laughs> <laughs> and and when when you're able to tell people that we're one of those bike friendly states mm-hmm. and and bike friendly cities in the country, yeah, then they start. You know, it's it's part of their marketing. Three M, Three M, and Target actually use bicycling in the outdoors in the Mm -hmm. in the metro area as part of their marketing to new employees. To new employees,
0: that's that's fantastic to hear. Mm -hmm. What does it take to become a bicycle friendly business? Well, McAllister College is a
1: bicycle friendly university. No kidding. Yeah. How about that? (laughs) And uh, uh, so is the University of Minnesota and a couple other schools around the state. That's great. And. uh, there's about 70 bike-friendly businesses, hmm. including Target and 3M. Yeah. Um, and they need to do. Uh, they need to have the infrastructure, mm-hmm. so they need to have bike parking. Sure. There's bike parking around every building yep. here.
0: And use your locks because the yeah. first week I was here at McAllister, my bike got stolen because I was from North Dakota.
1: Oh. Didn't realize you needed to have a bike a lock on your bike, and <laughs> it was gone right away. <laughs> yep. So no, lock your bike, kids. Yeah, <laughs> lock your bike. That's for sure. Um, but also, uh, you need to have some sort of education. Mm-hmm. And I don't know what McAllister's doing, but uh, the University of Minnesota actually includes bicycling and bike safety for a half an hour in mm. their freshman orientation. No kidding. And then they have ongoing classes. And then they have promotions, encouragement mm-hmm. promotions, um, uh, sponsored by their bike center yeah. on uh, Oak Street. Mm-hmm. I think it's on Oak Street. Yep. And... Those include, you know, weekly drawings, uh, discounts on stuff, yeah. and their employees uh, get discounts on their health care co-pays kind that's of thing. Great. Um, that's great. So, that's great. Well, now so I'm curious. i got to dig in and find
0: out what McAllister does for yeah. their program because yeah. uh, people should know about that.
1: Yeah. 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 Yeah, absolutely. You know, and it's really amazing. Target is one of the most bike-friendly businesses. Target headquarters, mm-hmm. yep. not all the individual sure. stores. Uh, is one of the most bike friendly businesses in the country wow they have an on site bike shop they have twice as many indoor car park bicy- bicycle parking spaces as they have indoor car parking no spaces no kidding yeah
2: that's and, great
1: yeah and they have regular education that they do with the, the TMO mm-hmm. and target was one of the major sponsors of the nice ride program when mm-hmm. it was first launched yeah so they have they obviously have goals to Get more people into downtown yeah. without more cars into yeah. downtown. When you have ten thousand people on one block, right? Um, that's a lot. Of you need to squeeze potential. them in there. Yeah, and that's bikes, right. Bikes. Yeah, they have uh, four hundred indoor bike parking spaces. I wow! Believe. And their their uh, bike shop is staffed by a professional mechanic three days a week. No kidding, yeah. boy, mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Private, you know, free to employees. Yeah, no, it's just a it's an employee sure. only bike shop. That's fantastic. And, uh, yeah. That's great. And all you have to do is pay for the parts. Labor's free. No kidding. (laughs) Boy,
0: sounds like I need a job at Target. That's a bike-friendly business. Yeah, it is. So uh, does uh, Bike MN administer the uh, approval or the the certification of uh, bike-friendly businesses?
1: That's also a program of the League of American Bicyclists. It is. It's part of their Bicycle-Friendly America program, Mm -hmm. which ranks states, communities, businesses, and universities. Interesting that's great.
0: And so how does an organization submit to that? They just go out to the League of mm-hmm. American Bicyclists website and yep. yeah.
1: interesting. And, and the the community the community one uh I think has become very popular in Minnesota mm-hmm. because that the the leaders community leaders all over the state are mm-hmm. realizing what I said before mm-hmm. that bicycling uh, a bike friendly community means this is a great place to raise a family. Mm-hmm. It's sa- a safe place to raise a family. Yeah. Uh, we've been paying attention to this stuff, mm-hmm. and and it's all that. And and then that also means that it's a great place to locate a business. Right, um, great place to have your kids go to school yeah. Yeah. Uh, and grow up as a as a free range kid. Kind of thing.
0: <laughs> Yeah, you know, I'm curious. You mentioned uh, Nice Ride, mm-hmm. and I know you guys were involved in the early days of Nice Ride, mm-hmm. trying to get that established and, mm-hmm. and to grow. Uh, it's changed pretty dramatically uh, yeah. over the last year. And now uh, St. Paul and Minneapolis have sort of taken different approaches to implementing that. What kinds of things have you been seeing in the
1: communities that have gone to this
0: dockless bike
1: program so far? Well, I think the most amazing thing is that <laughs> not 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 bikes is scooters. Yeah, And the scooters are being used at 5 to 10 times the rate that the bikes, even the busiest right? bikes, have ever been used. No kidding. So, Interesting. Um, and, and it does make me a little nervous that the scooter people um, aren't really interested in making a profit on the scooters. Hmm. They want to know where you come from and where you're going. Interesting. So if you park outside Barnes & Noble... With right. a scooter, yeah. The next time you go on Facebook, hey. you're going to have a Barnes and Noble ad. <laughs> wow, <laughs> on your Facebook page. Wow. So um, marketers, yeah. Oh, I hate those guys. <laughs> <laughs> um, but if you go to some place like Washington D.C., where mm-hmm. they just threw the gates open, yeah. There, there. Last time I was there uh, in March, mm-hmm. there were, I think, eight bike share mm-hmm. companies on the street. There were bikes yeah. piled up on every corner. Mm-hmm. So it was a little chaotic. Yeah. So I'm really glad that Nice Ride uh, and Minneapolis and St. Paul have been taking a, a more cautious approach. Yeah. And I really think that it's something that, you know, it just takes persistence mm-hmm. t- for it to become part of the culture. Yeah. And I don't, you know, I don't use them myself because yeah. I have so many bicycles myself. Right. But they've become really convenient for visitors mm-hmm. um, to the to the community and also to just people trying to get around. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So. It's it's really impressive. I mean, even in the earliest days of Nice Ride, the, the trip, the number of trips that were being taken on those bikes was was really impressive. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's really mm-hmm. it's really great to see how that's been embraced yeah. by the community. I'm really interested, though, to see how that scooter thing develops. I mean, right. from a from a legislative perspective, that's got to be an interesting challenge, too, because they're going to start using a lot of the sidewalks and the bike infrastructure. Yeah. And I've seen them. I've seen right. scooters in the bike lanes pretty yeah. pretty frequently downtown Minneapolis. And yeah. So uh, It's
1: actually legal for them to ride in the bike lanes. It it's is. not legal for them to ride on the sidewalk. Oh, interesting. Uh, nor is it legal for, I think most bicyclists know that, bicyclists are not supposed to ride on the sidewalk um, in the the legislation only says downtown right. areas yeah which can be interpreted pretty broadly or narrowly right. depending on right. the community so yeah. but we're we are obviously the advocates that say bicycl- bicyclists should be on the road mm-hmm. and they should know how they should know the rules, they should obey the rules, yep. and therefore, uh, you know, that's the safest way to get around. Yeah.
0: I mean, certainly there's uh, an aspect of your education that helps people become more confident because mm-hmm. I think it's that
1: confidence that really prevents people right. from feeling good about oh, being yeah. out on the road. Yeah, that is definitely... There have been surveys in communities around the country that uh you know, say they're one percent are are the crazies that'll ride anytime yep. anywhere. Yep. Seven are I'll ride on the street when I feel it where and yep. when I feel it's safe. Mm-hmm. Um and then there's sixty percent, somewhere around, you know, sixty percent or two thirds of the people mm-hmm. that are interested but concerned. Yep. And then there's uh, you know, 20 to 30 percent that are no way, no how. Right. The never uh, bikers. Yeah.
0: <laughs> so, yeah, it's it's interesting. And obviously, you know, talking about some of that legislation and how do you give people mm-hmm. access to the right kinds of things? You guys at Bike MN do a lot of lobbying at the Capitol here mm-hmm. in St. Paul.
1: Yeah. Yeah. No, we've been lobbying at the state and local level uh, ever since we began. Mm-hmm. And our focus is obviously on policy and funding. Mm-hmm. Um, and there are there are quite a few things that Bike MN has been up to and mm-hmm. is, you know, it's it's kind of a constant, especially when funding is in the picture. Yeah. It's kind of a constant battle. Yep,
0: absolutely. And and you mentioned earlier that you'd sort of taken a sort of a different approach to the lobbying than was tried in the early in the 80s and 90s, mm-hmm. where you're really focusing on transportation funding and tra- transportation legislation.
1: Right, right. As I said, the the Bicycle Alliance was formed to one of the reasons we were formed was to fill that gap that mm-hmm. there was nobody going to the Transportation Committee right. uh, and saying bicycling is transportation mm-hmm. too mm-hmm. Uh, in support of MnDOT. Right? You know, MnDOT uh, has been pretty active and has had a bicycle coordinator-type mm-hmm. uh, person since the early 1980s mm-hmm. and continuously. Yeah. Um, one of at, the earliest in the country, mm-hmm. isn't that right? Yeah. Yeah. It was. Yeah. It was. And then... Along came uh, uh, Jim Oberstar mm-hmm. in 1992, and he passed uh, a federal program as part of the, uh, uh, the... Back then, it was the Intermodal Surface Transportation Efficiency <laughs> Act. <I laughs> that think. just rolls right off yeah. the tongue, doesn't it? <laughs> <laughs> so, but the intermodal part, for the first time ever, included bicycling. Yeah. And states were eligible for a significant percentage more federal money. Mm-hmm. Uh, they they weren't just told you can spend ten percent. Right. Um, uh, we'll give you ten percent more mm-hmm. if you spend it on bicycles. Yeah. Uh, and and other enhancements of mm-hmm. transportation corridors is what it yeah. was. And that really. Uh, created a boom. Yeah. You know, that's what did uh, all the bike infrastructure mm-hmm. in Minneapolis along the with... The Greenway and... They mm-hmm. did a pilot project in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. So Minneapolis and, a, and three other communities around the country actually got a, a big boost on top of that mm-hmm. 10%. Yeah. Um, and to see if they really could change transportation behavior. Yeah. And and an investment of $25 million in Minneapolis kind of bumped Minneapolis from two to two and a half percent to four to five percent in terms uh, of in trips. the mode share yeah. for bicycling. Wow. And when you think about that, uh twenty five million seems like a lot of money, but they spend, you know, a hundred million on a freeway interchange. Right. On, yeah. one freeway on one freeway interchange. interchange. Yeah. So and and um you know when the mode share for bicycling is four or five percent, mm-hmm. the mode share for transit is you know, between 15 and 20 or 25 mm-hmm. percent, yeah, uh, depending on where you are. Mm-hmm. Um, and the investment there is obviously huge, too. absolutely. Yeah, uh, and then you know, you think about places around the world, uh, like Copenhagen mm-hmm. and Amsterdam, where the mode share is a third, yeah, uh, you know, 35 mm-hmm. percent, um, but there's also, uh, Davis, California. Uh, of course, it's nice in Davis, California all <laughs> right. the time. Yeah, absolutely, And they're the only city in the country that decided in the 1970s oil crisis that mm. they were going to go all in on bicycling. Wow. And they're the only state or city in the country that I think has more than 20% mode share no kidding. for bicycling. That's interesting. Yeah. That's I went really to a farmer's market in, in Davis, California. Mm-hmm. east It's east of San Francisco mm-hmm. on a Saturday morning. And you couldn't get anywhere near there. You, you know, the bike parking was full. Wow. Um, and wow. there were thousands of people there on bicycles, not That's great. There were thousands. That's of people fantastic. There on, on what a, what a vision. So, Wouldn't it be great
0: if Minneapolis yeah. and St. Paul could do that? Yeah. 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 yeah.
1: Well, I get a kick out of, uh, Going to Surly Brewing yeah, and, you know, seeing they have bike parking mm-hmm. for 200 and yep. on a nice Friday or Saturday night, it's it'll be full, full by six o'clock. Yep, yeah.
0: I've I've had to I've had to use, uh, you know, light posts yeah. a couple of times going up
1: there. Yep. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's, it's interesting you mentioned
0: Oberstar and it's really hard to overstate the impact he had on mm-hmm. cycling here in Minnesota and really around the country, isn't it?
1: Yeah. 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 I was really lucky to get to know Mr. Oberstar uh, about 20 years ago. Mm-hmm. And by the time he passed away in 2014, we mm-hmm. were really, really good friends. That's great. And he really, truly was a, a passionate advocate in Congress for mm-hmm. bicycling. And he was the person in yeah. Congress that really transformed the the, the highway, Mm -hmm. uh, or, uh, U S department of transportation into an intermodal organization that included, uh, active transportation, Mm -hmm. included bicycling and walking. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's amazing. He, I had a chance to meet him a couple of times Mm -hmm. and just his, his dynamism and his love for cycling Yeah, is just, it was, it was just so great to see. I mean, you get him to talk about going on a ride or his Mm -hmm. bikes that he had, it was really fun to see him light up and really get passionate about it.
1: Yeah. 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 He had, uh, uh, congressional offices all over the country and family all over the country, and mm-hmm. he would just stash a bike. So, <laughs> uh, uh, and so, whenever he was traveling, yeah, he'd have a bike to ride That's when he great. was there. And uh, he and and many members of his staff would mm-hmm. ride to work. Um, That's great. A, a significant distance. And, yeah, and Washington D.C. has been become trans become a pretty bike friendly. community, but Uh, not then. Yeah. (laughs) Not then. It was tough. Yeah. Yeah. It's pretty amazing, uh, to ride. The bike lanes are in the middle of Pennsylvania Avenue. Yeah. Uh, and there's three lanes of traffic on either side Mm -hmm. of you, which is a little, it's (laughs) a little scary (laughs) 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 when you're gazing up at the Capitol, you know, (laughs) as you're riding towards it or the white house as you're going the other way. Yeah. And, uh, you have to pay attention. That's yeah, for sure. that's
0: right. Well, I'm sure that that funding for infrastructure is a is a big part of what you guys uh, mm-hmm. advocate for at the Capitol. What other kinds of things have you had? Uh, have you been able to accomplish here in Saint Paul in the past?
1: Well, I think one of the coolest things that we did, one of our first things, is we joined um, a group called the Minnesota Complete Streets Coalition, mm-hmm. meaning that uh, you shouldn't build a Road unless you're accommodating all users of all sure. abilities yep. that included bicyclists, pedestrians, mm-hmm. disabled people. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was you know it certainly wasn't the Bicycle Alliance that made that happen. But right. we uh, uh, we kind of cut our teeth uh, mm-hmm. uh, in the legislature mm-hmm. that way. And then for the last several. Um, Bienniums, mm-hmm. two-year funding cycles. Mm-hmm. Um, there's been a big push to do a multimodal transportation funding bill hmm. at the legislature, and there have been big coalitions. You know, the road bridge people got together with the transit and bike mm-hmm. walk people, um, and then the you know the road bridge people decided they were going to do their own thing, and yep. the transit bike walk people decided they do their own thing, and um, uh, it, those. They have not been successful. Hmm. Um, Last year, the legislature passed a big transportation funding bill, Hmm. um, and the governor did sign it, but it was one-time money. Mm. And as you know, and as everybody <laughs> uh, who thinks about it, you've got to have money to fix the potholes, to That's paint right. the lines on the road, Absolute. to uh, maintain your streetlights, right. um, and, and resurface roads yeah. and, and shoulders and mm-hmm. things like that. So there has to be a huge uh, ongoing funding source. Yep. And for a long time, that has been the gasoline tax, but mm-hmm. Minnesota hasn't raised the gasoline tax in, in uh, I think a decade now. Wow! Um, and and if you think about it things are more expensive than they were <laughs> 10 years ago. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Inflation uh, changes, yeah. changes yeah. economics. So right? they're taking in the same amount of money. Cars are getting more fuel efficient, mm-hmm. so um, the amount of fuel, it, and it's more expensive, mm-hmm. so uh, people use less fuel. Right. Um, so they're paying less into that pot of money. So yeah. And as we make a transformation into the electric Vehicles, mm-hmm. um, we're going to have to figure out how to maintain a system for those yeah. uh, electric vehicles too. Have you guys started thinking about what that could look
0: like and what kinds of funding mechanisms could be uh, available?
1: Yeah, you know there are mileage taxes sure. and that kind of stuff. But um, I'm a big believer that bicycling and walking should be simply funded out of the general fund, mm. um, our general, you know, sales tax yep. um, and and income tax. Mm. Um, because more than fifty percent of Minnesota adults ride a bicycle mm-hmm. at least a couple times a year. Yeah. And obviously everybody walks or right. uh, with some mobility device right. gets around. Mm-hmm. Um, so you know, it doesn't really make sense to me to have a special tax just yeah. to fund those things yeah. when everybody does it.
0: Mm-hmm. Yep.
1: And you guys have also
0: taken on some of the more quirky parts of Minnesota road use law as well. I mean, things mm-hmm. that, you know, as a cyclist, you would think, well, that can't be illegal.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, some of the, the they, they seem uh, trivial, and I'll get into some really serious <laughs> ones here in a second, but uh, uh, until a couple years ago, the only vehicle that could have a bell was a fire truck. <laughs> And a and a bicycle is a vehicle, so technically right. your bell was illegal. Um, and they banned studded tires on all roads yeah. uh, uh, forty years ago. Yeah, um, and uh, so until a couple of years ago, uh, when when we advocated for an exception mm-hmm. for bicycles yep. on the stud ban, yeah. Um, Uh, Bicycles, studded tires were illegal. That's amazing. And uh, and such a
0: simple tool for, you know, winter commuting. I mean, it's one of the most important pieces other than good shoes and clothes, right? Right. It's one of the most important things for winter commuting.
1: Right. But now, you know, last year there was a good bill. um, Well, it, it wasn't there was a good bicycle policy bill mm-hmm. and it got rolled up into this giant bill that had lots of things that the governor didn't like in right. it. And he vetoed it. Mm-hmm. Um, but in that bill was uh, a change of the language that says a bicyclist is supposed to ride as far to the right as practicable. Mm-hmm. Um, and most people think that means as far to the right as possible. Right. So we're, and, and, and it seems to be non-controversial now, so it should pass this Good. session. That's great. Uh, that, that language will, will be changed to as far to the right as is safe, mm-hmm. as determined by the bicyclist. That's huge. So you don't have to ride in the in the gutter. Right. Um, you don't have to ride if there's potholes mm-hmm. or gravel or yeah. sticks or leaves or right. snow yeah. uh, over there.
0: And that's, that's huge because <clears throat> the curb with all the snow mm-hmm. goes out into the street another foot right. and a half or two feet.
1: Right when it gets really bad, and and right now technically it's illegal to uh, ride through a right turn lane without turning right. Wow! Um, so uh, that bill would have also made or will make uh, it legal for a bicyclist. Wow! To go straight through a right turn lane, and I think that's really really important. Not yeah. so much in the city. Um, but, uh, you know, in the suburbs where there's busy county roads mm-hmm. with great big shoulders that turn into right turn lanes. Yep. Um, and and you don't want to pull out on a 45 mile an hour road. No. When you've got this nice right turn lane and a shoulder. Yeah, that's that right. And right you can right just the keep going the and be yeah. predictable.
0: And mm-hmm. yeah, that's interesting. Yep. It's amazing that some of those things. I mean, I understand the the backstory, and mm-hmm. they came from an era when bikes weren't on the road, right? And in a meaningful way, and so they never yeah. really occurred to
1: people to have those exceptions or have those mm-hmm. things uh, and available. I, and and one of the most important things that I think we've done at the legislature um, was we mirrored those federal programs of safe routes to school. Mm-hmm. And transportation alternatives, yeah. um, and created a state level program. That's great because the federal money was only paying for a small percentage, you know, mm-hmm. fifteen to twenty five percent of the requests from around the state. Yeah, which means you know there's a lot more money that was needed. Mm-hmm. So we created a state level safe routes to school program that has been funded. That's great, um, and we had some great partners work on that with us. The um, Minnesotans for Healthy Kids, which mm-hmm. is organized by the American Heart Association, mm-hmm. it's a coalition of public health people from mm-hmm. all over the state, mm-hmm. and they helped pass that Safe Routes. Or that they, they're the ones who really made that pass. Yeah, that's great. And then we worked with them to pass an active transportation program, mm-hmm. um, which was, would be kind of an umbrella over the Safe Routes to sure. School program, um, but that hasn't been funded. So that's why we're always there at the Capitol trying to make sure that if there is a transportation funding package, that includes bicycle and walking or active transportation. Yeah.
0: So what are your two or three key
1: legislative goals for this session coming up in January? Well, um, to pass that policy stuff Mm -hmm. that I just talked about, um, we are also... Uh, members of the hands-free cell phone distracted driving mm-hmm. um, coalition. That's great. And as as most bicyclists know that you know your biggest fear is that you're going to get uh, clobbered yep. from behind mm-hmm. by uh, or or somebody's going to turn left in front of you right. and clobber you um, uh, and because they're they're not paying attention. That's to, right to driving. Yeah. Uh, so that's a really important mm-hmm. one um, and. We'd also like to update the legislation that governs uh, electric assist bicycles. Mm. Um, they're starting to make ones that go 28 miles an hour mm-hmm. nowadays. Yep, and we really don't think that you should be going down the greenway at 28 miles an hour I'd unless say that's a good idea. Unless you're a really competent cyclist yeah. and can can. You know, really experienced cyclists right. can ride 28 miles an hour sure. under their own power, but yep. that means they know what they're doing. Right? Um, You know, getting some kid out there on a on a bicycle that'll go f- from zero to 28 miles an hour in about mm-hmm. 20 feet yeah. um, is is dangerous. Mm-hmm. Um, but we're okay with uh, the ones that go up to 20 miles an hour mm-hmm. because I think it's a it's a great new um, uh, way to get. People more mobile yeah. on a more uh, you know environmentally friendly mm-hmm. um, and congestion absolutely uh, uh, mitigating yeah. uh, way to get around. So is the goal
0: to get uh, a limit on the speed of all electric assist bikes, or are you thinking that you just restrict where they can where they can be used?
1: Well, right. I think we would like to restrict the or um, uh, regulate behavior. Mm-hmm. So you know. Go 20 miles an hour on off-road bicycle infrastructure. Mm-hmm. Uh, maybe on-road bicycle infrastructure, it's okay to go mm-hmm. 28 miles mm-hmm. an hour. Yeah, um, and and treat them more like a moped. Yeah, you know, um, I don't know whether they a moped needs to have uh, a license and right. insurance. And right. Maybe a bicycle doesn't need to have license and insurance. Mm-hmm. So that'll be the debate yeah. at the at the Capitol. Interesting. Uh, this year. Interesting. But, uh,
0: are there some particularly avid cyclists or advocates that you guys partner with in the legislature? Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: There really are some great people who are are wonder, have been wonderful advocates. Mm-hmm. Um, Senator Carlson from Egan mm-hmm. has been um, a big fan of our work, but uh, the the former uh, Democratic chair of the transportation committee, Scott Dibble mm-hmm. from South Minneapolis, mm-hmm. and the uh, incoming chair uh, Frank Hornstein mm-hmm. from South Minneapolis is is doesn't even own a car wow. he takes transit and rides bicycle a little but yeah so he really understands the the need for that yeah um, Connie Bernardi uh, from uh, New Brighton mm-hmm. and there's other folks um, from around the state mm-hmm. that are very supportive there's actually quite a few um, and uh, uh, Senator Senjum, a Republican mm-hmm. from Rochester, mm-hmm. is very supportive of safe routes mm-hmm. to school. As is Representative Bob Detmer from mm-hmm. Forest Lake, uh, another Republican um, who realizes that the physical activity uh, needs to be. He's yeah. a retired Fayette teacher. Oh, of course so he, gets he knows, it. It. right? Um, yep. But I think interesting, you know, everybody's going to be happy to know that the that the guy living. Down the street here mm-hmm. uh, in January on Summit Avenue in the governor's mansion rides uh, uh, a road bike with Altegra parts on it. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Meaning he's riding a very, very nice yeah, road very bike. very good road bike. And yeah, uh, he's looking forward to being the first governor uh a bicycle to work on a regular basis. That's great. Yeah. Good no, and it, 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 he truly is. That's he's, great. Uh, he's a runner and a cyclist. That's and great. he realizes that, uh, I'm sure he'll run to work some mm-hmm. days. Um, he realizes that you need to incorporate physical activity yeah. into your daily routine. Absolutely. Um, and he's not going to let being the busiest person, <laughs> one of the busiest the state, people right? in the state, yeah. uh,
0: take that away from that's it. That's great. You know, it's it's interesting to hear you say that you've got a- allies on both sides of the aisle because I think there's sort of a, uh, mm-hmm. a somewhat true, somewhat not true impression that, you know, people from outstate and Republicans in particular mm-hmm. are anti-bike. But that's not necessarily universally true, is it?
1: No, it really isn't. Yeah. And we have had... Um, to, to work with Republican leadership in both the House and Senate sure. for the last several years. And the way that we've been um, doing that is by building deep relationships with people all over mm-hmm. the state. Yeah. Um, there are now 23 bicycle-friendly communities, and only a half a dozen of them are in the metro area. Wow. Uh, so there's, you know, Grand Marais is a bike-friendly community, mm. and Jackson, Minnesota is That's a bike-friendly great. community. And That's the hometown
0: and, of Dave Elfson, the bass player of Megadeth.
1: Does, oh, really? <laughs> like, shout out to the Blast Beats fans. <laughs> wow. And, and to, to support that, um, we partnered with the Minnesotans for Healthy Kids mm-hmm. uh, to develop a group called the Minnesota Mayoral Active Transportation Caucus. Hmm. And the first thing we did was invite the mayor of Minneapolis and Saint Paul not to join. <laughs> we said Smart. we want to do this, and and we don't want it to be dominated by the urban core. Right. The message is simply that bicycling and walking is important. Outside Everywhere. the urban core, mm-hmm. it's important in small towns and in the suburbs. That's great. And and the other that the other message is that bicycling and walking is transportation yeah. and should be part of any transportation funding package. That's great. So we have mayors from all over the state That's great. Uh, who are members of that. Um, and they're supported by the public health people. Mm-hmm. I think one of the smartest things Minnesota has done was in... I think it was 2008, they passed a program, the legislature passed a a very modest tax. It's a couple bucks per person statewide Mm -hmm. on your health care. And they put it into a program called the Statewide Health Improvement Partnership. Hmm. And they allocate all that money out to local health departments Mm -hmm to get people to quit smoking eat right mm-hmm. and lead a more active life. Perfect. And the bike friendly community program, bike friendly business program are approved strategies That's great. um to to basically change the culture yeah. not not simply change mm-hmm. uh, Uh, ephemeral behavior. Yeah, right. It's to change the way people think about how they get around in their community. That's great. I mean, a lot of this stuff that you're working on is very behind
0: the scenes. There's a lot of people in the public that would recognize the results of what you do, but not necessarily Mm -hmm. know much about it. What they probably have seen more, though, at least in St. Paul, is that you guys are responsible for the St. Paul Classic. Yeah,
1: Yeah, the St. Paul Classic uh, was something, it's been around next year. 2019 will be its 25th year. Wow, congratulations. So we're going to try and do some big celebrations. Yeah. For those of you who aren't familiar with the St. Paul Classic, um, I tell you, or I tell people who aren't familiar, that if you don't like live music that people pay a cover charge every night of the week to see, <laughs> and that means good live music yeah, right. in, in, the, in the metro area yeah. here, uh, organic fruit, fair trade coffee, <laughs> uh, Grand Avenue pastries, and traffic-free streets <laughs> yeah. don't, don't come. don't come. <laughs> <laughs> so, and and we've successfully uh, uh, gotten, you know, lots of people not to come, but 6,000 people do. That's great. And that, that means it's one of the most fun things. People hug me in the parking lot afterwards saying, I just had the best time I've had all summer. That's great. We have four generation families. Wow. You know, Great grandparents, grandparents, parents, and kids. That's fantastic. Doing the bike ride together. Yeah. So people use it as a family reunion. That's great. Um, and we, we've we kind of taken that model. Mm-hmm. And it's not an athletic event. It's yep. a rolling party. Yep. And we've taken that model. And first, we moved it to Mankato mm-hmm. and do a, an event called the Mankato River Ramble. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, we adopted the Tour of Saints, which okay. has been going on for more than 30 years. Yeah. Uh, just needed a little... Injection of uh, new enthusiasm, Um, but then we helped. uh, uh, We have uh, affiliated groups or chapter organizations all over the state, and one of them is Pedal Fergus Falls, Hmm. and Pedal Fergus Falls does the Lake Alice 100. Wow! And it's Lake Alice is a is a lake right in downtown Fergus Falls, Mm -hmm. and it's a mile around.
0: Oh, my gosh, Sophie So you ride around it 100
1: times. That's great. That sounds like a track <laughs> Actually, race. Actually, <laughs> I think it's uh, 87 times to get 100 miles. That's great. And needless to say, not many people do no. 87 laps, but it's a family thing. That's and, really fun. And same sort of thing. They yeah. have music and food and coffee That's really and celebrations. Fun. And this was our first year to do... Um, an event with a new group called the Albert Lee Cyclists. Hmm. Um, and did you know that Eddie Cochran, a member of the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, is from Albert Lee? No kidding. So they wow. they labeled their ride uh, uh, Rock and Ride, nice. and they had music, and, and they used some of the beautiful trails that they have and a, That's a quiet uh Quiet country roads yeah. to ride on. That's fantastic.
0: So, you guys really cover the whole state, top yeah. to bottom, east yeah. to west. Yeah. yeah.
1: Well, that's- and that's it's it's so important because uh, uh, in order to build that political clout, mm-hmm. you really need to be part of yeah. stuff all over the Absolutely. state. Absolutely.
0: Yeah. Well, I should remind people that you're listening to Blast Beats and Bicycles here at 91.7 mm-hmm. FM, McAllister College Radio in Saint Paul, Minnesota. It is Thanksgiving weekend here on campus, so it's a little quiet. But we've got a a deadline for an up-and-coming arts and culture publication called Spaces. They hope to lend a platform for artists of color to showcase their works and give a voice to identities or experiences that are seldom explored here on campus or in the media. For their first issue, they're focusing on the word spaces and what that means and looks like to you, and they want to hear your point of view. Art submissions can range from photographic essays and short stories to drawing opinion essays poetry and more the deadline to submit is this coming monday at 11:59 p.m. if you have questions you can reach out to uh, swapnil shrestha at s s h r e s t the number 2 at mcallister.edu or Tori Gapuz at V-G-A-P-U-Z at McAllister.edu. We're here with Dorian Grilly, the Executive Director of Bicycle Alliance for Minnesota. We've been talking about a lot of work
1: stuff, Dorian.
0: I kind of want to know a little bit more about you and your passion for bikes. So do you remember what your first bike was? Well, yeah,
1: I do. I had, I think it probably had 16-inch wheels and it had hard plastic tires.
0: Nice. Uh, then I
1: graduated. Bumpy ride. Yeah. Yeah. Really bumpy ride. And, and, but you could skid it like crazy, you know, <laughs> and you never wore out, never wore it out. Eventually I wore it down to the rim. Um, but then I got a, uh, you know, a stingray in the yep. late 1960s. Mm-hmm. And I think I got my first 10 speed in the early seventies. That's great. Um, and came to the, uh, I grew up in a small town in Wisconsin mm-hmm. and I came to the University of Minnesota, mm-hmm. and that's when I really started discovering that, geez, I could bicycle, and I Fun. got a job as a student intern at the DNR and started, no started bike commuting um, in the early 1980s that's great. and ended up working at the DNR or another nonprofit in mm-hmm. St. Paul uh, and bike commuting uh, for... About thirty-five years. That's great. Uh, and and most of that time was uh, every day of the year. Wow, good for you. That's impressive. So you've got a fleet, I assume. Yeah.
0: <laughs> What's your favorite bike that you? Or is it like well, you know your kids, right? You can't. Y- really pick.
1: Yeah, you can't really pick them. <laughs> um, I bought a, a, a chromoly steel Trek. Uh, you know, handmade in Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. I still have one of the original handmade in wow. Wisconsin Treks. Um, and I rode that to work for fifteen years, no almost kidding. every day. That it wasn't icy out, yeah. And uh, it was a touring bike, and I did some of my early touring on that bike. That's great. Um, and then I bought in in the early '80s. I bought an, a stump jumper, a specialized oh, yeah. stump jumper, and uh, what you know from one of Eric's bike shops, yep. first chops yeah, down in Richfield. I yeah,
0: did, huh? yep. I remember that place.
1: <laughs> yep. And uh, uh, that's the thing that I started riding uh, all winter, and I wow, rode that yeah. all winter for a long, long time. That's great. Um, before they invented all sorts of the great clothing. you know, I was mm-hmm. wearing wool and sure. chorel boots yep. and that kind of stuff. So, that's great. But I raced for 15 years, yeah, um, and uh, I've toured in Colorado with my wife. Wow. Uh, we have a tandem uh, that we rode up. Uh, Trail Ridge Road and Rocky Mountain National Park. No Took kidding. Took us five hours to get up and wow. like 40 minutes to get down. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> and then my wow. most recent was uh, uh, my son and I completed a, uh unsupported tour from here to Washington, D.C. No kidding. Yeah. That's amazing. How long did that take? Uh, about three weeks. Wow. And we did it a week at a time, mm-hmm. a week of summer for three summers in a row, and then used Amtrak.
0: Nice. Um,
1: uh, which now has uh, bike racks and all the yeah, baggage cars. That's great. And used Amtrak to. Uh, he was going to school in Washington D.C. Mm-hmm. and uh, so we just split up in Chicago or Pittsburgh. And that's really fun. And uh, had he headed to school, I went back to work. That's great. You know, I. Uh I think I've got got
0: to come to you for marriage counseling at some point because we've tried a tandem one time and it was not the best experience, but we're open to trying it again.
1: Well, we don't ride it very often (laughs) (laughs) and it's got a lot of dust on it, but we did have a great time on it in Colorado.
0: That's great. I can only imagine having the extra extra power Mm -hmm. uh, makes those hills a little bit easier to get over. Yeah. yeah! Wow, yeah. that's yeah. fantastic. So. Well, I know you're a big uh, uh, you're a big student of bike culture too, and I, yeah. I see you've got a couple of books in front of you.
1: Well, um, I know we're probably not going to have any time to play a, a Talking Heads song. Well, we'll make sure we save a little time I, at the very end. Okay. Okay. Um, and uh, but I brought my copy of Bicycle Diaries by David Byrne, that's who's great. been he's been a bicycle commuter for the last thirty five years. too. Wow! And. When he goes on tour, he brings a bicycle with him mm-hmm. and tours around, and uh, his first chapter on American cities starts out with, most U.S. cities are not very bike-friendly. They're not even very pedestrian-friendly. Um, they're car-friendly, or at least they try hard to be. <laughs> so needless to say, David Byrne is, uh, is a bicycle advocate. Yeah. He rides a lot. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's also some, some fun stuff, uh, quoting from another book called Words to Ride By, Thoughts on Bicycle by uh, uh, Michael Carabetta. Hmm. Um, and they're quotes from famous people through yeah. the ages That's since great. there have been bicycles. And yeah. here's one from just after bicycles became uh, uh, widely accessible from Susan B. Anthony. Hmm. Let me tell you what I think of bicycling. I think it is done more to emancipate women than anything else in the world. Mm-hmm. It gives women a feeling of freedom and self-reliance. I stand and rejoice every time I see a woman ride by on a wheel, the picture of free, untrammeled womanhood. <laughs> Isn't that a great That's one? That's great. I, th- I just think that is just so... Uh, Fantastic. Yeah. Here's another one from Carl Sagan. Uh, if the constellations had been named in the 20th century, I suppose we'd be looking up at a bicycle in the night sky. <laughs> Bill Nye, the science guy, bicycling is a big part of the future. It has to be. There's something wrong with a society that drives a car to work out at the gym. <laughs>
0: That's so good.
1: So that's Bill Nye, the science guy. Wow. I think everybody knows who that is. Um, I'll, I'll leave you with uh, Albert Einstein. Life is like riding a bicycle. To keep your balance, you must keep moving. That's great. So well, those are just some uh, to, to share that there are people at all levels and all around the world that are thinking uh, about bicycling and David Byrne obviously travels all around Mm -hmm. the world and and he takes his bicycle, and the Bicycle Diaries book talks about cities all over the world and mm-hmm. the difference between U.S. cities and cities yeah. cities in India mm-hmm. or China or Japan. Yeah, where it's just baked into yeah. the culture. I mean, mm-hmm. that's
0: just the way they get around. Yeah, That's one of the things that fascinated me so much about, I've had a chance to be in, in Belgium and in Holland in particular, where mm-hmm. the bike is, there's, there's a bike culture, but more importantly, people just use the bike to get around. And it, it, it's a vehicle more than anything else. And that's really fascinating to me.
1: Yeah. And, and I think it, as our transportation evolves mm-hmm. um, into autonomous vehicles that you summon with your phone <laughs> and and the streets, you know, no longer have to be expanded because they're so much more efficient. And right. they're, there will be less parking because mm-hmm. they're always moving. Right. You know, you don't have to park them except you know, at three in the morning, right. Um, they're not all busy all night long, mm-hmm. but, uh, they'll just be less vehicles because yeah. they're constantly being used. Um, so there's more room for bicycles, mm-hmm. more room for bicyclists to, uh, you know, use the last mile between, mm-hmm. uh, if they use transit right. to get around, um, or, or bike share, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. if you take the train to Chicago, if we ever get a, a 200 mile an hour train from here to Chicago, <laughs> you can, Go to Chicago in a couple hours. Yeah, and uh, you know now it takes you a couple hours between here and actually taking off That's at right. Minneapolis Saint Paul That's Airport.
0: Right.
3: Yeah,
1: uh, and you know if you could just hop on the train and yeah. be to Chicago in three hours with stops. Um, I think that would be pretty yeah. amazing. And then hop on a on a bike share. Yeah, or or summon an autonomous vehicle. Mm-hmm. We just have to remember that that we still are. Our bodies are built for physical activity. That's every right. Day. Yep. Get off the couch, get on a bike, right? Right. Yeah. Well,
0: Dorian, how can people get involved or where, where can we send people to learn more about what you guys are doing and how they can participate?
1: Well, right. it's pretty easy. Uh, we have a six-letter URL, bikemn.org, <laughs> and uh, there's a volunteer page there. Mm-hmm. There's an education page there. Um, uh, we can train you to be a cycling instructor, if that's your passion, if you want to share it with others, uh, or if you just want to help, you want to be a qualified person to go in and help your teacher. Mm-hmm. Um, we have an in-between class called a walk, bike, fun ambassador. Um, so if you want to help your kids, uh, teacher, um, you can become a walk, bike, fun ambassador. That's fantastic. Well, we'll make sure we put a link out on the show yeah.
0: website to, uh, bikemn.org okay. and, Want to thank you again for coming in to the mm-hmm. show. This has been a ton of fun. Yeah, really thanks a lot. Great to talk it's to you. been yeah. a
1: pleasure. It uh, uh, wasn't the nicest day for bicycling, but no, not <laughs> ideal. But you know, it's bicycle friendly Every, here on yeah. campus,
0: so you know, any day that it's a good day, right? Right. Every day is a good day for bicycling. That's right. Well, uh, uh, before we uh, leave, I want to play this uh, Talking head song that you okay. that you wanted us to bring on the show. Tell us a little bit about "Nothing But Flowers."
1: Well, I just. Uh, you know, I just love the line uh, that used to be a parking lot. Now it's all covered with flowers. You know, and and it's just what we were just talking about. Yeah, that right. uh, um, hopefully, hopefully, we'll get to a point where uh, we can get around mm-hmm. without using a significant percentage of our city as as streets, or yeah. those streets can be reclaimed by humans Absolutely. instead of uh, cars. Nice. Well, let's hear from the talking heads. Dorian, thanks again for coming. Yep. Yeah.
2: I said crash